generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Judges 7 from verse 19. But I gave an assignment much earlier. I didn't know how many people have done it. I said read the entire story of Gideon. It's about four chapters there about and gives you almost everything about his life and his ministry as contained in the Bible. So Georges 17, we see a build-up on where we were last week. Verse 19 says, So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch. Now by watch, what they mean is that they had security personnel who were keeping watch. So that watch is not talking about like your Breitling or um, your Mont Blanc watch or your Philippa Tech. It's talking about a, a guard, right? People who were watching through the network in shifts. Thank you very much. May God kind of thing. Vigilante kind of thing. And they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Verse 20. Then the three hundred, the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the touches in their left hands. Somebody say left hand. Say left hand. Hold the torch. And with your right hand, hold the trumpet. So you see that they had torches in their left hands, trumpets in their right hands for blowing, not for decoration. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp. And the whole army ran and cried out and fled. Let's read verse 22 and 23 together. At the count of three to one we go. When the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled to Beth Acacia towards Zerarah as far as the border of Abel Mechola by Tabith. And the men of Israel gathered together from Naphtali, Ashah, and all Manasseh and pursued the Midianites. Today we are preaching a message called Salt and Light. Use your tools. So please help me get out of your seat and I'm going to look for 200 people right now and tell those 200 people, use your tools. Use your tools. Use your tools. Father, we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to be called your children, to be called by your name, to be called to your purpose. And as we engage in the word, we receive the spirit of truth. We receive the operation of the Holy Ghost in another dimension. That our understanding will be enlightened. We will know what to do. We will not be spiritual junkies who are fixated on another drag of spiritual weed. No, we are going to have an immersion in life, an immersion in truth. We will be able to apply these words to our lives in the name of Jesus. We will be able to appropriate the revelation from your word to the specific scenarios of our lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, now I ask for anyone who might be weak, they are strengthened. Anyone who might feel confused, you are enlightened. Anyone who might be bothered and overwhelmed, you are encouraged. Anyone who might be sick in the body, you are healed. In the name of Jesus, anyone on the brink of a breakdown will raise you up by power. 
in the name of Jesus. Today there is light. Today there is clarity. Today there's an infusion of faith. There's an understanding of what you must do. Father, we give you all the praise. We will not just be hearers, but doers of the same. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Let your amen be louder. How many of you cook? Maybe you cook. Anybody that cooks? Like, even if you boil water, that's still cooking. Like, you know how to make indomie noodles. That's still cooking. Now, how many of you know that without having the right tools, cooking can be an ordeal? Right? So, for example, you want to open a can and there's no can opener. So, you use knife, which can be risky. Right? So, it's a tool, but it's not the one specifically designed for it are we here how many of you know that while she's in the knife sometimes you can hurt yourself or you can damage the the device the can you're trying to open right so if you have an assignment and you don't have the right tools it can be dangerous it can be risky the reason some of us have hurt ourselves in the things that god has called us to do is that we have the right motive but the wrong method we have the right motive, but the wrong machines. We have the right motive, but we're not aware of the tools that God wants us to use. Similarly, for those who are on the bandwagon, if I can use that expression of kingdom influence, like, oh, you know what, I'll carry the fragrance of Christ to every sector, every environment. So uh, the fashion industry, I'm going to be there. The pol politics, I'm going to be there and all. You know, there are believers who have gone into politics and then they've looked like a shadow of themselves right what has happened their intentions were right but they didn't have the right tools they didn't have the right tools and before you knew it they became as corrupt as the people they used to complain about it is important as believers not only for us to be passionate about the right things or passionate about doing great things for god we must understand the tools that god has given to us I'm not just talking about the cultural tools or what other people are using. I'm talking about the tools that God has given you. Please have a look at your neighbor and don't look like you are sleepy or that there was rainfall this morning. Look like you have fire in your bones and tell that person, do you really know your tools? Wait for an answer. Wait for an answer. It's not a monologue. Do you really know your tools. I'm not talking about the radio uh, VJ or the DJ. I'm saying, do you really know your tools? Many believers don't really know their tools. Moses, he had his tool. It was his rod. He had that, but he had other tools, but that was a physical tool that he had. Uh, Samson had to use the jawbone of an ass at some point in his assignment. Elisha had to ask for a cruise of salt at some point in his assignment. Jesus told him at some point, go and fill the water pot with water. For every phase of your life, there is a tool you must release, a tool you must activate. And if you don't have the right tool, you can have all the best intentions but you are still stuck but i pray by the mercy of god this morning that somebody's eyes will be really open not only to dance around the promise but to possess the tools you've been given and to operate with the tools you've been given in the name of jesus you will no longer be trying to peel yam with a fork oh that amen does not sound like it's active i say you no longer try to peel yam with a fork you will no longer try to cut your hair with a comb. Who has a comb? I know I know one of the sisters in the house. You, uh, you can't fall my hand. You have a comb. Now imagine that you go, that you go to, thank you very much. Can we have another comb? There are different combs for different things, right? How do you know that this part of the comb is useful as well? 
to pick and to lift and to sort of like, we didn't know that. I could actually use it to sort of like groom your, your beard. Yeah, there's a brush, right? Who has another one? Here's another one. Dun, 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 dun. Like, bro, when you want to get this, you're very sleek, well-arranged hair. Like your baba has PhD or something like that. Using like all kinds of, very well-arranged. You know you can't use this. You cannot use this, right? You're aware, right? Are you aware that you also cannot really effectively use this one? The teeth have to be closer, like the, that tiny blue popular comb. That's what you use. Which means that sometimes the assignments are similar, but the tools still need to be different. Because even though it's the same space, the levels of operation are different. Are you here? So there are many of us who are looking at maybe what Defy is doing or what Mr. Solomon is doing, what Tux is doing, and you're looking for the kind of brush that they have. But God is saying you don't need a brush, otherwise devil will brush you. <laughs> you need a comb like this. Come and look at your neighbor say you must discover your own tools. You must understand the specifics, the uniqueness of what God has called you to. So I'm going to be giving us generic tools today, but there's going to be the specific operations and applications of this generic tools concerning your own assignment. Number one is the operating system of Christ. Now I won't spend some more time on that because I dealt with that in the earlier service. The operating system of Christ, the mind of Christ, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. The attitude that what will shape the world is not your color. What will shape the world is not your height. Let me ask you guys a question. Are we all smart? Are you smart? If you're smart, raise your hand. Say I'm smart. All right. If you're intelligent, say I'm intelligent. Say my IQ is high. Say I have high Q. Well, petrol Q. <laughs> right? So you're smart. But let me ask you a question. What's the height of Jesus Christ? Six? Six one. Hey. Hope you're not lying against Jesus. Were you there? At the naming ceremony. Okay, you won't know the height, the height of the naming ceremony. What's the height of Jesus? Five four. Okay. Are you sure it's five, not five oh four? What's the height of Jesus? Average height. Okay. Now do we all have the spirit of Jesus? How can we say different things? Alright, hold that one in one hand. What's the weight of Jesus? Jesus knows the chop. Always fast. <laughs> 60 kg. 60 kg. What's the weight of Jesus? What color was Jesus' skin? It was black. Is the confidence in error for me? Like, everybody's just like, I got this, I got this. Now, is Jesus the most influential man who's ever lived? Do we know his height for sure? Do we know his weight for sure? Do we know his skin color for sure? Are we convinced about his accent? That means those parameters are not important concerning influence. Come on, help me, help me. If they can help me with their hands, they can help me with the keyboard. I'm trying to show you something that the culture is going to tell you everything about your height and your color and your body temperature and the kinkiness of your hair and whether you have this one or you have this one or you have this one the culture will keep talking about all of that but not, not one of those things made Jesus who Jesus was 
Is this helping somebody? So by all means, take care of your body. But your body will at best live 120 years and it's gone. But how many of you know that some of us have books in our libraries written by people who passed 200 years ago? Which means that what you deliver from within you will deliver many people around you long after you have left the scene. So it's the operating system of Christ. That's the first thing that we hear. It's not how much money. Let me ask you, did Jesus ever use an ATM card? Did Jesus ever have a bank account as we know it? So why are we so concerned about some of these things at the expense of the real thing? Oh, if you can't say amen, clap. If you can't clap, say yay. But whatever you do, do some. What guarantees your influence is not your packaging. What guarantees your influence is your saltiness. Your saltiness. The essence, the salt that you are, the salt that you carry. And the operating system has to do with grace because what made Jesus Jesus was not the fact that he came on the scene and began to achieve all of that. But the word says he was full of grace and truth. The Lord said to me, many of us are not operating as salt. Why? We are waiting for results before we claim we are salt. But how many of you know that salt is salt even before it changes the taste of cooking? In other words, it's not the changing of the taste that makes you salt. It's the fact that you're salt that makes you change the taste. So what makes you salt in society is not after you've released an EP like he has or a book like he has or hosting an event like she's hosting. What makes you salt is that God made you that way. So your saltiness is not a reward, it's a revelation. Oh my word, who am I speaking to this morning? Who am I speaking to right now? So saltiness is first of all about essence before it's about expression. It's first of all about essence. He said, let this mind, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Somebody shout, I am salt. I didn't say, say it, shout it, I am salt. When I have money, I am salt. When I don't have enough money in my account, I'm still what? When many toasters are toasting, even though I'm not bread, and I'm like, toast bread, I am salt. When I'm the one toasting myself, I'm still salt. When everything is acting up, uh, I am salt. When everything is acting down, I'm still. When I have enough money for my masters, I am. When I'm tempted to be a mistress, I won't fall for it though. I'm still what? Please help me look for three people and tell them you are salt, you are salt, you are salt. Please help me get out of your seat and look for three people and tell them you are salt. Salt. Still salt. Jesus was born in a manger, but not once did he doubt his assignment. Jesus was born in a manger, but not once did he doubt his assignment. It's not about where you were born. It's about what God will give birth to through you. Oh, I was born in Mushi, and that's why I'm always Moshi. I was born in Agege. That's why I attract people who are gay gay. 
I was born in Ikorodu, Ikorodudu, bitterness and blackness, right? And that's why it doesn't matter where you were born. It matters what you're going to give birth to by the Spirit of God. So the first mindset, I am born of God and I overcome the world. So every place I go into, I'm not going there with my hustle. One of the challenges, many of us are relying more on our hustle on our hustle than we are on our God. So without realizing, anytime you hit a pickle, you always say, maybe I'm not doing enough. That means you're not putting faith in your works. And Paul said, oh, you foolish Galatians, have you started out in the spirit and you want to end up where? In the flesh. So if the first thing you consult is, what am I not doing right? You are already operating in the dimension of legalism. Are you following this? So when you hit the brick wall, the first thing is, no, what am I not doing right? Is what has God done for me? That's the premise for victory. That's the operating system. Jesus never said, I'm trying to do stuff so I can please the Father or impress the Father. He said, that which I see the Father do, that is what I do. Which means the reference point for my action is not my potential. The reference point for my action is my paternity. You all are too quiet this morning. This makes a difference. Let me show you from the word of God. John chapter 3, we examined some, some weeks ago. He said, make a burn up and put on the cross. Whoever looks at that cross is going to live, right? Now, if somebody says, ah, I'm very great at running. Let me run away from the serpents. Will the person still die? So speed is not the solution to problems. Focus on the finished work is. How about somebody says, I'm strong. Let me, let me, let me fight the serpents. Would he still die? Yes. So your victory is not in your effort. Your victory is in your faith. He says, this is the victory that we have. Even our faith. How does our faith come? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. High five somebody till their palms blush and tell that person operate with the OS of Christ. When I focus on Christ, guess what? I look at it as an adequacy, not my own inadequacy. I look at his adequacy, not on my own inadequacy. I look at his sufficiency, not my insufficiency. In fact, I look at his all sufficiency because Paul said, God is able to make all grace abound toward you so that you always have in all sufficiency. Are you hearing this? The economy is bad. Do you have enough or not? Do you have enough or not? Volume. Do you have enough or not? Yes, Are you sure about that? Yes, Are you sure about that? Yes, it's that God is able to make all grace abound toward you. So that you always have an all sufficiency. My what? You don't know the scripture. Oh my word. Let's look at it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. You don't know the scripture. You don't know the description of your reality. 2 Corinthians 9. Help us, help us, help us. Media. Say, I have the mind of Christ. 
Say, I operate with the mind of Christ. From verse, let's take it from verse 6. From verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows. Same say, I don't believe in sowing and reaping. This is New Testament, y'all. And this is Paul speaking. He who sows sparingly. Let's read it together. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows Bountifully will also reap how? Keep going, keep going. So let each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves. So he's even speaking about giving here, not just like more spiritual nourishment. Okay, then go to verse 8. This is the deal. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you so that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have can you prosper in every industry can you prosper in every economy can you prosper in every environment are you here do you believe it look at somebody say i'm an all-purpose prosperous person i'm an app I'm an all-purpose prosperous person. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for somebody who really believes it. Because some of you, you look like we're in a secondary school laboratory. You're not sure. I need somebody to talk back to me. I need someone to talk to themselves this morning. No, I need to talk to yourself. Uh, say it, say it, so you believe it. As you're saying it, but picturing your life and the economy and the environment and the lack in your life and be throwing grace at it. Throw grace at it. Throw grace at it. Throw grace at it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Said all sufficiency in all things, always. Always. Do you know what that is? Beginning of the month, end of the month, it does not change my reality. Whether I've been paid for a month or not, it does not change my reality. You know why? This was written before I signed any contract anywhere. Many of us are believing more in our employment contract than our divine nature contract. So when you're, you know, your company can be going through trouble, but your God is never in trouble. So your provision should not dwindle with the account of the company you're working for. I know I'm challenging paradigms right now, but this is the reality of what Christ died for. If your resources undulate based on what's happening around you, you are operating from contract, not from covenant. I don't know why you guys are quiet this morning. Who, who's who's no, don't let it say I, I need you to speak it out who do who wants me to preach to them personally because my grace sort of works with engagement no jerry you've been quite all month i'm not sure you're ready for this one i need somebody who can talk back to me i, I need somebody the bible says deep speaks unto the deep i'm not looking for spectators i'm looking for an engaged army who are mobilized if there's anyone i'm talking to shout i am an all-purpose prosperous person Shout, I'm an all-season prosperous person. Jesus was so prosperous that even in his death, his womb was provided, his tomb was provided for. 
Even in his death, his tomb was provided for. I don't know who exactly this word is for, but I release grace over every difficult area in your life. Over every tasking area, every challenging area, every problematic area, every area of insecurity, every area of fear, every area where you seem to be falling behind, every area where things seem to be falling and failing, every area where things seem to be down and out, receive an impartation of grace in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout grace. Somebody shout it louder. Shout grace to it. To your bank account that is already running low. To your blood bank that may be running low. Or your blood count that may be running low. Or your blood pressure that is unduly high. To your relationship that is out of kilter. To your visa that has not come. Your I-20 form you are still waiting for. That Naira to dollar exchange that seems not to be favorable. Somebody shout grace to it. He said God is able to make all grace abound toward you. So I'm not a mono grace person. I have the grace for salvation. I have the grace for transformation. I have the grace for dominion. I have the grace for impartation. I have the grace for evangelism. I have the grace for apostolic oversight. Google, are you still here? Where are the multiple grace people? Who are those who have all grace, all grace? Morning, night, and noon, all season. January to December. I am covered by grace. Not just seven grace, but also the grace of given the grace of leadership the grace for discipleship i am an all-purpose prosperous person everywhere i go i command productivity resources find me attractive money knows my name provision knows my address i'm an all-purpose prosperous person i don't break down under pressure i don't quake under the burdens of temptation i am equipped by god in the face of negativity i have the os of god help me go to fight people who have fire in their eyes and tell them grace to you sir grace to you ma'am why should you operate from this premise of grace I'll tell you why the salt was made salt by grace Saul did not achieve his saltiness your saltiness is not an achievement. It's an endowment. So you are not spicy the way you are with the grace of God upon your life because you were good. God gave it to you. So how come when it's time to now achieve what he gave you the grace for, you are trying to be good enough to achieve it? Are, are you getting this? This is a paradigm shift. Because God said to me, many of your people are struggling because they are basing their performance on their goodness. They are basing their results on, do I need to do more? No, you need to think differently first. It does not mean you do less. It means you make more of what you do more. Paul didn't say, I am what I am by the grace of God and I went to rest. He said, I labored, yet not I, but I labored according to grace. So my labor was not separate from my grace. I did not separate my hustle, my moves from the grace. The same grace in redemption is the same grace in achievement. So when I'm doing that work, I'm not like church was on Sunday. No! The head of the church is in me. I'm a part of the church. So wherever I am, the same effectiveness. I proclaim concerning somebody. Whether it's a PowerPoint you're designing from today. You won't just design PowerPoint. There will be power in your points. You will make points of power. 
You will just use keynotes. You have the key and they will take notes of you. You will not just use, uh, uh, give me those software. You won't just use rivet. You will rivet things in God. You might be on Slack, but you will not be Slack. Can I talk to somebody? Somebody shout grace. The grace that was strong enough to defeat the devil can defeat every problem in your life. Every struggle in your life. The reason you seem broken and battered is because you are throwing yourself at it. Throw grace at it. Grace never breaks down, but grace breaks things down. Throw grace at it. Every now and again, instead of you saying, I must have vigils tonight, I must have vigils tonight, sometimes shock the devil and go to sleep. Some of you don't even understand what I'm saying. Because the vigil you've been having every night, by the time you did it the seventh day, you start putting faith in your prayers than faith in your God. The real power of prayer is not in the person who prays, but the one we pray to. It's not in the words we say, but in the word that is written. Not just in the words we say. So I'm not diminishing prayer, but I'm just saying after a while, you can begin to idolize your rituals. And idolize what you are doing. But let's start from what he has done. What he has completed. What he has finished. If you can throw up your two hands. Think about every difficulty in your life. Everything you have struggled. And shout grace from the depths of your belly. Shout. Where my people at the harbor? Can you holler grace at me all the way from Anthony, Maryland? Can you holler grace for those who are watching in Canada? B and Kenny in Abuja. Can you shout grace all the way from Germany, from Qatar? Femi, if you're watching, shout grace. Ayamiku, if you're watching, Lavette, if you're watching in the U U.S., shout grace. Zako Belentobazia. Sopriata kosha, ratata, zabokende bosilata, raboshiatabas. Release grace, grace over every addiction, every struggle, every cycle, every pattern, every loss. Grace to it. Grace. Please be seated. Grace. Kenneth, when God was going to solve the world's problems, he sent a package full of grace and truth. Now, I know that both of them are connected. In fact, truth is really the articulation, the intelligent articulation of grace. That's really what truth is. And grace is actually truth in demonstration. But from a psychological point of view, you can separate the, the two. So you can memorize truth and not draw the spirit of grace. So you can know what God has said concerning you, your health, your finances, your future, your destiny, and your purpose. But you are trying to use your efforts to make it happen. But God says, stop trying to get the heat without the flames. It's so important. How do you explain somebody's walking 
and they say, we don't have wine. You now say, eh, leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone. It's not in my time. Say, whatever I tell you to do, just do it. That's a demonstration of faith. And then this guy now says, oh yeah, I'm going to fetch water and turn it. I mean, and fetch water and just serve it. What's that? No drama. We're not told that Jesus said, hey, 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 No drama. Grace. He said, people are hungry, they're starving. What do you have? Go find out what you have. By the way, there's a work of grace that is happening in your life right now right now there's an issue you're trusting God for believing God for and the Lord says I am involved and he brought you here on purpose just to remind you that you're not alone you're not by yourself you're not isolated you might have been abused and taken for granted and pushed aside but God says I'm fully involved in your life and in your destiny and you're going to see the work of grace you're going to see an operation of grace and hear the Lord say that I'm restoring to you the years that have been stolen from you the years of error the years of disconnection the years of separation God says I'm restoring to you he's restoring joy to you he's restoring peace to you it's a new beginning let's celebrate God what do you have five loaves of bread and two fish Philip said, what is this among so many people? And Jesus, do you know the first thing he did? Lifted up to heaven and he gave thanks. Or he, what do you do when you want to eat food? Share the grace. So you wonder, given thanks and grace, you know they're connected. Why? Because when you say thanks in Spanish is what? Gracias. And gracias is grace. So thanksgiving is an acknowledgement of grace. When you say thank you to someone, you are responding to an act of grace they demonstrated. So every gift you've received is a gift of grace. And the thanksgiving is the acknowledgement that I've received something. So the hands of Zerubbabel, the lead foundation, his hands will lay the capstone with shouts of grace and grace. Don't try to start with the grace of Christ and finish with the labor of men even if you are obedient. I hear someone shout, I hear, I hear. Run your hand over your hand. Say, I understand it. That's the first thing. If you're going to change anything in the culture, it will be by grace. Daniel, Babylon will swallow you without grace. <laughs> Moses, Egypt will chew you, digest you, Spew you out with our grace. Esther, that palace you're in will make a mess of you with our grace. Paul, the Gentile nations will not respond to you with our grace. I proclaim over this house, grace is multiplied. Number two, for time's sake, if you're going to change anything at all, you're going to need another C. And that C is called care. Say care. What is care? Care is to feel, to care is to feel concern. Or to take interest in. To attach importance to something. That is care. Most things don't die for a lack of knowledge. Most things die for a lack of care. People die for a lack of knowledge. But many things die. Because even people who have the knowledge don't care enough. 
if your grades suffered in school at some point, many times it's because you didn't care enough oh, at some point. Who can be a witness to that? Year one, you're playing. Oh, come on. I mean, that was many years ago, so we won't crucify you. Raise your hand if when you were in year one, you were just doing nonsense. By the way, nonsense is not just doing rubbish. <laughs> nonsense can be that you are doing something good, but at the wrong time. So you can be going to fellowship every day for a university student. That is what? Nonsense. Because that was not your assignment there. Oh, can we talk right now? That's a misappropriation, misallocation of resources. So you can be doing the right thing the wrong way and it's still what? Nonsense. So many ladies want to install your hair, right? Imagine somebody now saying that I'm the best hairstylist, whatever. I'm going to install it on your elbow. That's what? Nonsense. <laughs> Most of an ingredient. So most things in our lives, they begin to decay for a lack of care. Do you care enough? You can't change a life if you don't care enough. You can't change a system if you don't care enough. You can't change a people. You can't change a family if you don't care enough. Now Gideon may have been complaining, but how many of you know that many times complaining is a function that you still care? Or is a reflection that you still care? Are you aware of that? Because complaining means that I'm still connected enough to be irritated by the fact that this thing is not in the right state. Oh, come on, yo. So a relationship where a partner is complaining, there's still hope for it. A relationship where nobody's talking. Someone has there killing it. Gradually. I hope you know that. Oh, come on, don't go back to you. That, that from our state, you already came out of that. With, are you hearing that? Better. Do you care enough? Gideon cared enough. How do I know Gideon cared enough? He didn't just talk about himself. He said, where are the testimonies that our fathers? So he cared enough about legacy. How come we're going through this? So he cared about the contemporary times. Are you here? Then he said, I'm the least of the least. He cared enough about his position in the family. Some of you, you're asking God, God move in my family. Change things in my family. But almost every other thing about your lips show that you don't care. And influence is not just about whether you care. It's about your ability to show it in a way that's intelligent enough for those you care for to interpret it as care. Oh, come on, y'all. How many of you know that some people that act like don't care, care the most? They just act. In fact, sometimes some people care too much to show it. Because the way they are going to show it can be irritating. Oh, come on, y'all talk to me now. You know how maybe like you go to, you're not an adult, so you go to your auntie's house to go and greet her. And says, I'll come and make food in the kitchen. You know how you want to make it. But there's a way she cares for the food to be made. And almost every step you are taking is, ah, it's not like that. It's not, ah, ah, turn it like this. Is that the way they do Amola in your village? Say, I'm from your village. <laughs> Sometimes you're in a relationship and your friend is about to make a very dumb decision. But the way you carry the matter on your head and talk to your friend, your friend thinks you don't like her. You are being quiet again. Who can identify what I'm saying? 
And so talk to me if you can. Uh, look at your neighbor say, it's, it's just that I care. What is care? Care means, watch this, that I look after and I provide for the needs of. So I said, God, I, I, I really want you to use me. I want to be salt and light to orphans. And the problem is you're waiting to have a million dollars to start. No, how about buying something every month out of your salary every month and taking to an orphanage? Because watch this. Care don't care about, care doesn't care about the labels you place on it. In other words, if what you want to do is to minister to orphans, you don't have to start your orphanage to minister to orphans. Care means the provision of what is necessary for the health, welfare, maintenance, and protection of someone or something. So care is not just a noun, it's a verb. Ask your neighbor, do you really care? Please, whenever you ask, it's not a monologue, wait for an answer. Some of you need to be honest enough to say, I don't know enough to care or know enough about you. Now ask that person, do you really care about me? Because <laughs> because care, watch this now and someone might need to write this down and this was a thought that came out as I prayed and prepared. Care is an intentional investment of attention. Care. It's not just a random observation. I just picked something up. Care means I'm intentional about investing my attention. So care is attention that has intention. It's deliberate. And you know, many people die because people don't care enough. Are we aware of that? Health-wise, many people die in Nigeria because people don't care enough. So someone has been having the stomach ache in your flat or apartment for weeks and months. And every time, I buy the devil, I buy the devil, I buy the devil. Do you care enough to say, God also give doctors intelligence? Please, let's go to the hospital. As we're believing God and trusting him for your healing, he can also use doctors. Can we talk about that? you care enough? Somebody's looking sad throughout the service and you don't care. You're only just you're laughing. <laughs> so I put their face and just be straight as if they are demon possessed. <laughs> How many times do you go after service not just to graft it to your friends and your cluster and your tribe but also to people you don't know, whose names you don't know or who are looking bothered and asking them, oh you know what, I know we're not really close but I noticed that you were a little you know, you looked a little tired through our service today. I'm not tired. What is your business? And a simple will say that most people will not. Can we develop a culture of care? And not just care that is activated on Sundays. Come on, can I talk right now? Who do you call on Tuesday? I'm not talking about your midnight callee. I'm not talking about, oh, you called me. <laughs> That's very soft of you. 
I'm talking about real heart-to-heart care. Please, I'm going to look for three people around you. See, I know you've been hanging around me for a while, but I'm not very sure that you really, really care about me. How can we fix that? Come on, talk to them about it right now. Because it's got to start with us. This is your chance. Come on, Ruth. You're you not that gift. Tolu. Who calls? Who has called Tolu to ask her how law school is going? If you're at the hub, can you? I want to ask you, look for three people at the hub and say, do you really, 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 really care about me? Do you really care? I want to please observe something. When you look through the Bible, look through the Bible, God did not call anybody that was not showing care to something or someone. Everyone that God used in the Bible was either growing people, growing plants, growing sheep, or building something. Everybody. Everybody. Noah was a vine dresser. That's why when he came out of the ark, he went to still plant vines. In other words, for you to plant and how many of you know you need to care about the plant for it to grow? Plants that you don't care for die a natural death. That means, watch this, people. The devil does not need to attack a church where people don't care. Their carelessness will lead to lessness. Oh, can I talk right now? God does not, the devil does not need to attack a church where people don't care. All you need to lose people is just don't care. Oh, wow. You're not talking to me right now. You know why? Because even when you care, people will still go. Even when you care. Some of you still disappoint me from time to time. Amen? But I still love you. Completely and entirely. I've realized that you can't choose all the parts of the blessing God will give you. So the blessings will also come with some things you're not the most pleased with. But the true sign of commitment is not how you behave when you have everything you want the way you want it. The true sign of commitment is how you behave when you have what you want and it comes with things you don't really like. Oh, y'all not getting there. So I'm committed to you. Love you. I'm taking notes of all the people that are speaking. <laughs> I love you guys. But it, it has to go beyond this to this to this to this. Are you seeing that now? Because the cells of the body are not all connected to the head. The cells are connected to other cells. So there are things you want to see me for that God already put the answer in gift. But because you think gift is not a gift to you. You're neglecting your gift. Hmm. So do you care? How many of you know that care can improve the state of things even without external addition? Care is that investment that allows previous investments to be maximized. All of a sudden when somebody is cared for, how many of you know you can tell if somebody is married and they're being cared for? Oh, you honor you. 
See, every time I saw Pia Alton travel, every time, either someone at the Nigerian border or someone at the border of the country we travel to or some fellow holiday makers are going to be like, so how are you guys on your honeymoon? Always. Always. We're on our eight years moon. But we take care of each other. So some people still look at me and say, this guy is like 27 or something. Or maybe he's about turning 30. People look at PLT and go, oh, you're still single. Like, are you still single? Right? But care reverses aging. And carelessness fast tracks aging. Which means a life can become too old because somebody did not care enough. Oh, can I talk right now? Do you care enough? Do you care enough to complain? That's a part. But do you also care enough to contact? Because some of us care enough to observe that certain people are not as close to us as they used to be. But have you cared enough to let them know how you feel? And then are you, do you care enough to correct? And then do you care enough to commit? And finally, do you care enough to combat? Because some people care enough to complain about you, but they don't care enough to combat with you. Because some people you are complaining about are also going through their issues. Oh, can I talk right now? How many of you know that you can be drained of care? Your care tank can run out. That's why as you're pouring into people, you better have people who are pouring into you. Even if you don't go for the outpouring. <laughs> Which you should go for because Oluwa don't sing. And Oyema Koen. Our look on. But our, our country will never become a country. Yeah, come on. For the first time today. That's it. It's been waiting for expression. Let it out. More. Come on. That's it. Let's celebrate God for release of grace. Me, I don't even get why people want to laugh. You don't laugh. You want to cry. You better express. Leave, right? Leave. When I'm 9 to 5 and you all put me in my casket, 9 to 5, you don't want to put him, okay, 120. Okay. Oh, correct. 125. You all put in my casket. You just see me smile. You'll be like, why are you smiling? You'll be like, I lived. Yeah. Don't hold back. Care enough to be the person God has made you. Care enough not to be contained by what you think people will prefer. Care enough to be the Christ people see. Care enough to make a fool of yourself so that others can become wise. Care enough to be like a child so that people can stop being childish. Care enough to be broken so people can be built. Care enough to deny yourself so that people can release themselves as God intended. Do you care enough? Nigeria is not dying for a lack of mineral resources or intelligence or manpower. Nigeria is dying for a lack of care. Careless leaders, careless people, in fact, careless followers, and careless citizens. 
who will vote people and not hold them accountable. And at the slightest sound of a clampdown on a protest, we cannot even stand with our spine saying we care enough for a few of us to die. Not realize some of us are already dying without a protest. And the many countries actually don't change without the shedding of some blood. It is not the God order. It was the order that Cain introduced into the earth when it struck Abel. It released blood on the earth. And so it became a political environment. So most political scenes are based on blood. But the real politics was the, the politics as the governance and operations amongst mankind was God ordained. It was supposed to be built only on the blood of one person, the blood of Jesus. And the only political party we're supposed to have was the party that is had in heaven when one soul believes because it's been cleansed by that blood. Party I belong to is J-E-S-U-S. Jesus party. Who belongs to that party? Who's a card carrying member of that party? So yes, please join other political parties for those who are led and who sends a call in that direction. Care! Write this down. Love is the leverage for influence. It is very tough for you to convert people you don't care about. It's very difficult for you to influence people meaningfully when you've not spoken the language called love. And by the way, the language of love is universal. So hear this. Anybody who lives in love will be an effective communicator in any culture. Because love means you will care enough to understand how they understand things. So you can arrange your presentation in a way that they'll get it. We get it? So love is leverage. When God was going to change the world, he didn't just send like a hundred angels to the earth. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Please look at anybody and say, I will begin to care more. Tell that person, my favorite car is not care. It's not care. But I will care. You can change a lot if you care enough. If you care enough, you can begin to find out how change works in an organization. If Adak Mala shared something with me in the cars who were coming, at some point I'm going to ask him to share it. It's just something very simple. But many of us think... That this influence matter is one big day. One angel will appear from the northern star and come down with a long silver trumpet and blow. As if your angel is a member of the Nigerian army or Nigerian network news. What will happen is that there will be something small, a small problem. Because many times, small problems can be, bring big attention to big people who have noticed the small problem. And we're wondering, why is nobody fixing it? Now, sometimes big people see big problems and they don't fix it. Why? Because they are too big to devote their attention. It's a misuse of their resources to tackle that problem. Are you here? But they will notice the person who cares enough to fix it. So for some of you, the door handle in your general office has been broken for weeks. Nobody has cared enough. To fix it. But when you bring somebody knows what I just but <laughs> it, there's a message in it. <laughs> but when you fix it or you bring attention to it, then somebody goes, Oh wow, somebody's thinking about the small things. Why? 
because the big things are so big, we don't know who's drawing attention to it for it or to themselves. So some of you don't know that I know how well you care. Some of you don't know that I know how somebody says, oh, I was going through something and somebody called me and somebody prayed with me. I may never have the conversation with you, but I know who cares beyond titles and position and platforms and microphones and stages. Are we here? And there are many things I don't know, but God sees everything. So if you're going to care, please, can you start with the small things? You're talking with somebody. You can see big bunch of beef between their teeth. Maybe in their hearts as well. Maybe the, maybe the beef in their teeth is actually the material coagulation of the beef in their heart. But sometimes it may not be. It may just be like they really had a robust breakfast before coming for first service. So there's a lot of meat in their teeth. Thick clumps. And they're talking. Eh. So yesterday was really amazing. All you're thinking about in your life is, but your teeth are not so amazing right now. Because... But here's the deal. The person had a full 10-minute conversation with you. You did not care enough to say, I'm sorry, I'm not seeing some kind of attachment. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to be rude, but it looks like there's a little bit of... Uh, at... <laughs> What is it? What is it? <laughs> Which of them is it? Beef, goat meat, or towel? <laughs> Do you care enough? Do you care enough? Somebody's body has neutralized your perfume. Just one hog, and you are smelling like a skunk. You knew that you exhausted half of your bottle of perfume that morning just to smell good. But when you hugged them, their hug was a thug and robbed you of your fragrance. The fragrance of my worship rose up. <laughs> but do you care enough? Somebody has body odor, a peculiar smell. Now, care does not mean you tell the person, guy, it is. <laughs> because <laughs> no but care could be that you know someone who's close to them and you tactfully and sensitively bring up that conversation or one of these days when we're actually doing like gift exchange and all just find a way to gift them a nice set of deodorants, mouthwash, bleach all all <laughs> All the things and it's good. Are we saying we must care enough? Gideon cared enough, and God said, I can begin to work with this guy, I can begin to use this guy. So don't forget, we must care enough to complain, but move beyond complain because we should not complain. I'm just saying, care enough to want to complain, and then you want to contact the person. You want to be able to correct the person if need be. Have a conversation with the person if need be. But most importantly, combat. Some of you, the challenges you're having in your family cannot be influenced with perfume, with nice smile or anything. You need to fight some ancient demons. Three day fast. And care enough not just to do it by yourself. Call the two or three other believing people in that family. 
I said, some things are happening. And all of you are just posting and laughing in the WhatsApp group. Ha! Now, wow. <laughs> and so this just died. <laughs> we don't even know what's happening. Ah, I don't know. This one, that one. Do you care enough to make a difference? Number three, you got to move. Number three, confidence. Confidence in God and confidence in who God has made you. Now, look at what the word says. Philippians 3 verse 3. For we are the circumcision, circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Let's read that together. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. So, my confidence is not in the flesh. It's not in my degree or my pedigree or my pedicure or my manicure or my man I know cure. It's in God. Hebrews 10, 34 to 39. Hebrews 10, 34 to 39. For you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven, watch this. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have needed of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe the saving of the soul. Now look at that. It said, cast not away your what? Confidence. Why? Because that confidence has a great recompense of reward. Mr. Solomon, please come. This is Mr. Solomon. This is me. I'm the believer. This is my confidence. You're not my confidence in Jesus' name. But for the sake of this illustration, you're my confidence. All of my confidence isn't you, not you, you, you. <laughs> so, for the purpose of illustration, is my confidence, right? God says, as I'm working, as I'm serving, as I'm stewarding His graces, anointings upon my life, there is reward for me, okay? Okay? But there's also reward for my confidence. Cooper, where are you? Are you getting this? But we are not of those who draw back to perdition. No, give me that. Cast not away your confidence. 35. Therefore, we do not cast away. Uh, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which. So, what has great reward? What has great reward? Your confidence has great reward. The proof of confidence is not when the rewards are, are there, it's your it's your attitude even in the absence of reward. So what does the devil do? The same thing he does with care. When the devil wants to break your influence, he wants to move you to a point where you don't care. Because once you don't care, you have lost the license to influence. Only people who care enough have the capacity for influence. If you don't care, you know you can't be a great intercessor. I hope you know that it can be an effective preacher if you don't care. How many of you know that if I ever come to this place, and I will never do this because I've never done that in five years, if I ever come to this place and I don't care in the preaching, you can hear it. 
How many of you have gone to churches before where you're like, this man is not really passionate about what he's saying? Maybe he's just reading the notes. Now, some people are reading preachers, but someone can read in a way that they care. So the same thing it does to drain you of care is what it does to drain you of confidence. Why? He knows that even though this is confidence, allocated to this confidence are these rewards. So, talks come. You're a big reward. Great reward. Boom, stand over there. I'm walking with God, walking with God. God, I'm not seeing anything. God, these things are not changing. This life you sent me to, they're behaving like coconut head. Lord, this Nigeria is not changing. It's not, it's not switching. This relationship is not working. The question is, did you hear God? Do you have a word from God? Because if you have a word from God, that is the basis for your confidence. Because in Philippians 3 verse 3, we read earlier, we have no confidence in the flesh. So my confidence is not in my flesh or what looks like it. I don't draw my encouragement with changing statics or statistics. I draw my confidence from God. Now as long as I have my confidence, one day God is going to be like, ah oh, man, you've held on for so long. It's time for your reward. So go and bring a big reward. I'm about to preach now. I hope somebody gets it. What brought this? Was it me or my confidence? It means that when my confidence becomes mature, my rewards will become visible. And here is the deal with confidence. What does please go back? Go back. This is my confidence. I can carry my confidence. I can. Oh, God, relax. I can carry my confidence. I have confidence here. But my confidence can carry something. Bring it, bring it, bring it. Something that I cannot carry. Some of you are not hearing what I just said. Some of you are not hearing what I just said. I can carry my confidence. But my confidence is strong enough to carry something I can't carry. But Omar Kari. It's a go round. What I'm trying to say, when David appeared before Goliath, his confidence was not in himself. It was in his God. He said, God gave me the lion and the bear and he will commit this Goliath into my hand. Goliath was too big for David, but Goliath was too small for David's confidence. You might not be big enough, but your confidence must be big. When they say, can you do it? Say, yes, sir. And then you go like Daniel into the secret place and go and say, God, I've committed myself. And because I'm one with you, I've committed you. Show me the way. Show me the secret. Show me the process. Show me the, who am I preaching to today? Oh, somebody shout, I still got it. I still got my confidence. So I can carry my, the rewards. But guess what? The rewards can carry me. In other words, this is how it happens. When I operate with influence on a level with confidence, recommendations will start coming. Referrals will start coming. Are you hearing? Can you move a little bit? Can you? You're about to move into certain places. Your confidence is about. Let me tell somebody. Your big mouth is about to open big doors.
They will say this your mouth that you are using to talk about styling, talk about music, talk about writing, talk about inventions, talk about apps, talk about the future. It's about to pay off. Some doors are about to open for you. You are about to enter some spaces, enter some palaces, enter some environments. I believe in somebody show if you're on the hop, shawty, yes. If you're here, shawty, yes. High five five people and tell them don't cast away your confidence. Remain confident. Keep believing. Your confidence is about to carry you. They're about to say, where is that girl? Who's already posting, always posting on social media? Where is that boy who calls himself the King Razor? Where is that girl who calls herself Lady Jade Global? Where is that girl who calls herself Lois? You're about to enter into a place. Oh, go and look for anybody who ever became great. They were not sure how it will happen, when it will happen where to happen but they cared enough to be confident and when they walked in confidence doors began to open there are many doors in your life that are not unlocked by keys some doors watch this you need keys to open them so you must get there and put the keys and turn them loose some doors watch this so for so those doors you need keys you need principles you need patterns but the other doors you don't need keys are uh, they are revolving doors? Uh, are you here, somebody? They are revolving doors. Uh, ain't no key gonna open it. Uh, what you need is timing. 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 You're about to get your timing right. You missed the right to wrong time or you missed it the last time but God says it's coming around again the invitation is coming again the opportunity is coming again the offer is coming again the access is coming again you need timing somebody say keys say timing but there's some other doors in many highbrow buildings in many hotels you don't need keys you don't need timing you need to step up those are the doors that respond to your body there are some doors of destiny they look close from a distance but keep on walking they're about to open for you keep on walking doors are opening keep on stepping keep on sewing Keep on stitching, keep on praying, keep on giving, keep on declaring, keep on gathering, keep on showing up, keep on rehearsing, keep on writing, keep on recording, keep on posting, keep on collaborating. Show yes! getting ready to close Gideon Gideon didn't cast away his confidence so God told him cut down go for the seven year old bull the second bull seven years old take that bull cut it down set the altar in the proper order break down the altars of Baal he did it at night so you might do it scared but do it let me tell you something fear responds to action the spirit of fear responds to spiritual words. So you can cast out the spirit of fear. 
But some people are not dealing with the spirit of fear. They are dealing with the psychology of fear. In other words, fear has a trail in your body. So that is your, your several, central nervous system has been hijacked by fear. So even when the spirit is not dealing with it, the psychology of fear is installed. How do you deal with that? It's not just by declaring. You declare, you make affirmations, but by taking action. The moment you begin to take action, you become bolder. Action sponsors boldness. Oh, come on, y'all. Has a dog ever roared at you? Initially wanted to run, but then you stood. For a moment, the dog was jarred. In other words, the dog goes, I wasn't expecting that. That's what some of you need to do. But to that old toothless bulldog called the devil, the next time he comes roaring at you, take your stand. He's going to go like, I wasn't expecting that. And why is it? Whoa, 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 whoa. You come with, Somebody shout confidence! Shout confidence! Confidence has a sound. Release the sound in this house. The three first tools, they look very spiritual because much of your victory is in the spirit. The next two tools are in the natural, but remain standing. I can't teach them as detailed as I want to. But the two things are this. Contemporary media and cultural platforms. Contemporary media and cultural platforms. That's number four. Number five is collaboration. God dealt with Gideon, given the operating system of Christ, which is obedient and alignment, the obedience of faith. And then worked on his care. And the Bible says that he got 12 servants that he already had. We'll look at that in collaboration now. And then his confidence. Do you know the first time he broke down the altar of Baal? Then he called people, someone that was saying, I'm weak, I'm tired, I'm sick, I'm this. He called. How many people showed up? How many people showed up? 32,000 people. If you would just allow yourself to be consistent on social media, maybe there is an audience. Maybe. Maybe if you post your achievements on LinkedIn, maybe. Maybe. Are you here? What were the tools that they had? Contemporary tools. Gideon didn't have the internet. But everybody could afford a touchlight. And it was not a flashlight. It was natural touch. That's a burning lamp. Everyone somehow found a shofar or a trumpet. Are you here? I believe there's so many sheep and goats and animals had been butchered and slain in sacrifices. That there were so many horns around town. So people could find the horn. And it said you put the torch in your left hand. And you put the trumpet in your right hand. And then you release the sound. Are you here? And you break the picture. What's the picture of the content? I wish I had enough time to explain what all of that is. But they put their touch. Can you give us that? Can you give us the scripture in Judges chapter 7 that we read earlier? But they held until the torch. What was the torch? 
It's talking about light in a space. That means if you want to change a place, you need light for that space. I'm not just talking about revelation knowledge. I'm talking about intelligence in that sector. So you want to influence the social sector. What policy documents have you read? What white papers are you, are you subscribing to? What webinars are you attending? Or are you jumping from one thing to another to another to another? They are doing video editing today, you are there. They are doing crochet uh, platinum today, you are there. They are doing filmmaking tomorrow, you are there. They're like, I want to know everything. Yes, that, that's okay. But that will be an eternity. After thousands of years there. Get us the scripture that talks about touches and trumpets. So use the contemporary tools. They took the touch. What is the touch? Like something that will make me see well in that space. Because it's very difficult to fight effectively in the dark. And many of us, we have a lot of energy, but we're wasting our energy because we're fighting in the dark. You're submitting proposals without being informed about what the organization needs. So your PowerPoint document is very beautiful, but it's not in alignment with the requirements of that space per time. This is the reason what I was talking, I think was John I was speaking to yesterday. And I said to him, I said, see, watch this, Minister Solomon. God gave them the promised land, promised land. God was going to give it to them, but he still said, don't enter without spying. Many believers are trying to possess lands they've not even spied on yet. So some of you want to relocate. May I propose, can you travel out first? Spend a week or 10 days. And finally, see how the environment speaks to your gift or your abilities. And see whether your thought about that space is actually real or exaggerated. How many of you know the thoughts of being in a relationship many times more exaggerated than the reality of it? This is the reason you want to be friends with people that are spying the land. Before you say, I love you, Tori Toro. Are you Tolu Tolu? Torches in their left hands. So they put their torches in their left hand. With the torch, that's light. That's visibility. Somebody say visibility. Because the torch that lights up the pathway also lights them up. Visibility. Some of us need to be more visible. They put the trumpets there. That's voice. Sound. Sight. Sound. Sight. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Come on. Yeah? Visibility. Voices. And then what's the picture? That's value. Those are the three major things. Visibility, voices, value. Part of voices, some of you are in corporate organizations, you don't have a sponsor. Mr. Solomon has a lot of testimonies in the corporate sector, but one of the major things God has done for you is put sponsors in your life. Who are sponsors? People that will carry your matter in the public space and be talking well about you. Of course, you must be a person of value as well. That means there must actually be something of value for them to talk about. Because nobody is going to lie for you twice. Are you in the corporate sector? Except they're your girlfriend. And the kind of sponsor I know in his life is a man. Uh, are there others? And when I say sponsor, I'm not saying someone that's giving you money. I'm saying someone that's standing for you and giving you recommendations. Are you here? I, I, I don't know, want to know anybody. I don't want to see anybody. When is my time? It's been my time. Let me show you what. God opened the gate of the prison for Peter. But Peter needed a girl to open a door for him. 
So contemporary tools. Social media is a contemporary tool. If you're not on social media, get on social media. It may not be. In fact, if you want to start building right now, and that's the transition I'm about to make, start building with TikTok. Because Instagram, I'm not sure Instagram has up to, I'm not sure Instagram has up to 18 months of active, except they reinvent. Right? TikTok is on the rise now. Some of you are like, Facebook is hard. <laughs> you didn't get to Instagram. Instagram is hard. TikTok. So what's the work? The work is God will use the picture, but it's not going to go and look for it for you. God will use the touch, but you better go and look for the fuel you put around it. God will use the trumpet, but it won't kill the ram to extract the ram's horn for you. Some of us, we want God to do everything, including opening the social media page for us. Look at your neighbor. Say, God forbid. Are we here? We're going to close with a shout. But number five, so cultural platforms, your industry, go for industry events. Webinars, it's like, I want this person to notice me. But when they post content, you don't engage, you don't interact, you don't share it. Yet, you just see them out of the blue one time. Say, ma, God revealed to me that you're my mentor. Go and tell God that you should talk to me. Are we here? Gideon positioned himself. How did they divide themselves? The Bible says 300 of them, they were around the city. In other words, Gideon understood the importance of omnipresence around the cultural platform. In other words, you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter, you're on LinkedIn, you're on Instagram, you're, you have one strong one, which is your spearhead platform. But you be everywhere. Get on radio, get on, get newspapers. Some you go after, some they'll come after you. Between two weeks ago and the next two or three weeks, I would have been on about eight platforms. Some I went after, some they come up, came after me. Are you understanding? There's a major one on television that they came after me. They've come after me. We're supposed to do something this week. They went. Somebody shout those three words for me. I don't want empty hands in this house. Every man's hand. Every man. Every man's hand. You must be building something, building someone, raising something, writing something, recording something, making something, holding something, molding something. And the last thing we're going to shout and we'll bring Defire right after our offerings is collaboration. Collaboration. That's the last one. Collaboration. Gideon, there's a scripture I really wanted to reference it last week, but I didn't have the time to. Please look at, look at Judges 6.27. Give us Judges 6.27. It's okay to pray in the spirit. Judges 6.27. So Gideon took what? Took what? From? This was at the beginning of the deal. So Bukala, all the story, story that Gideon was saying, I'm the least, I'm the least, I'm tiny and tiny. In all of that, he still had more than 10 servants. Ruth, what does that mean? That means as small or tiny or influential you may think you are, or not influential as you think you may are, as you may think you are, you have the capacity even right now to attract the attention of up to 10 people. But because you are not seeing yourself in that light, they are not seeing you in that light. I'm still a student. 
I know sometimes Africa can abuse your mind into smallness. So you are 45, say so you're still a young boy. Ten of his servants. So he starts with ten of his servants. Where? In his father's house. When he does that, he collaborates with those ten people. They help him break down the altar and all of that. Then later he calls 32,000. Many of us want 32,000 without being entrusted with ten. Because they are servants. Vessels. Empty vessels. Somebody shout, I might be empty but I'm a vessel. And there's victory in me. When they surrounded, they said, break the pictures and shout. This week, I wanted to intentionally look for someone to collaborate with. I wanted to intentionally look for someone. Collaborate on social media, do a video together, do a, a guest post together, tag someone or whatever, invite someone to your space or your office. Do something. Some of you need to break out of that mono, 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 take health, ufase. Monopoly, even though he didn't go to polytechnic. Partner with people. Now somebody goes, oh, I only need 300. Damn it, you know what? As I was meditating, God showed me this. People will say, I only need 300. But you might need to call 32,000 to know which 300 you need. Because if you got just the 300, you're not sure who's going to lap water and who's going to go home. So cast your nets wide, even though God will sift them for you. And in collaboration, you cannot be judgmental. Because some of you, the problem is you are too judgmental of people. So once somebody dresses differently from you, you're, you say, I got this one, like, we can't do stuff together. Or your first encounter, they were rude to you. After that, you say, I've shut the door. First encounter, not knowing maybe they were in a bad mood. Or what you consider rudeness was just a cultural preference. Are you here? The Bible says the shout that I'm ready to shout. I'm ready to shout. We're going to shout now. The Bible says that they blew the trumpet. They blew the trumpet. They blew the trumpet and they shouted. We're going to shout. And when we shout, I want everything in your being to expect miracles. I don't want it to just shout an empty shout. I want to shout a meaningful, aggressive. Are you ready? Some people who are wondering why they did who, 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 who. the days will come where your products, your services, your books, your songs, your impacts will be felt in nations across the world. And people are going to be shouting, woo, 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 woo. Are you ready? For the victory shout. At the count of three, two, one, shout. Walls are breaking. This is the sword of the Lord. This is the sword of the Lord. Judgment release over every pain. 
difficulty, every struggle, every disease. In the name of Jesus. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.